Amen. I feel like we could have a benediction and call it a morning. What an incredible, incredible time of worship. Thank you, worship team. I haven't been up here in a while. It is a privilege to be, to be up here. Oftentimes when I'm up here, I get to update you on pop culture, things going on in my life. And this morning, I don't really have anything to update you on. Um, there are things I could say, things I could bring up. Did it make it? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was making it or not. Good timing. Thank you. Uh, yes, it's been canceled. I feel like I have to say this. I often talk about designated survivor the last couple of times I've been up here, so we could take that off now before anybody important sees it. Um, I, will, I will say this. ABC, please bring back designated survivor. It's been canceled. There are people listening on the podcast. They don't know what the chuckle was for, so I'm going to just take a minute and address the people on the podcast. You're not here this morning. We wish you were. We miss you. We hope you're enjoying your time at the beach or in the mountains or wherever you are. Hopefully, you find some time to worship God. For you to know what that laugh was, people of the podcast world, I put a sign up asking ABC to bring back designated survivor. I am also wearing a Mickey Hawaiian shirt this morning, so just... So you know what you're missing. We miss you. Come back to us next week. John will be back. There will be less shenanigans. So worship, great time this morning in worship. I am Corey. I am the, I am the pastor, sorry, of missions and young adults. And we've had a lot going on in the area of missions. Our family mission to Mexico just got back. Everybody is safe. Praise God for that. Thank you, Aaron and Michelle, for leading that team this year. And I just got back about a week and a half ago from Guatemala, and I served with some great people there. Uh, two of the people were on stage this morning, the bass player filling in for her dad or filling, following in her dad's footsteps is Sarah Holt. Uh, interesting facts, facts about Sarah, a couple of them. She will start school at Cal Poly in the fall studying architecture. Another interesting fact about her is that Guatemala is a very, uh, very humid country, and each day that she served in Guatemala, her hair got bigger and bigger and bigger until it ended up in this like helmet-like bun on top of her head. Um, she looks beautiful this morning. She has beautiful curly hair. Also, our good-looking drummer is TJ. He served in Guatemala as well. Uh, he will or has already started classes online and is studying to go into ministry. So be praying for him. Uh, interesting fact about TJ, since we're talking about hair, he probably spent more time on his hair this morning than you did. <laughs> in 11 years of serving in Guatemala, the only person to ever take a hairdryer to Guatemala. So <laughs> congratulations, TJ, for that. Yeah, I'm not just here to tease TJ. Uh, I love him and appreciate him and Sarah and everybody. I could say stuff about everybody up there. Uh, great things going on in our worship ministry here at Grace, and I'm really proud of what they are doing. Uh, but I will limit it because of time to those two people this morning because I did serve with them in Guatemala. And while I was in Guatemala, I was challenged on a lot of levels. Uh, for the last nine years, I've gone to Guatemala for 11 summers, but for the last nine, I've had the privilege of staying with the same host family in Guatemala. And it is a, they're a beautiful family. 
And this year, as I thought about them opening their home and their heart to us and what that looked like, I was really challenged about hospitality. And a lot of people look at me and they think, Corey, you're a very hospitable person. You and Sarah are very uh, much involved in hospitality. You have people in your home all the time. And you also welcome exchange students. That is true. Sarah and I host exchange students every year. Our 18th exchange student will be arriving next week. He's coming from Spain. This is 17 years that we've been doing that with 18 young men. And it is a great privilege to watch them grow and change during their year here in the United States. But I was challenged by hospitality in Guatemala, how these families open their home. And I was driven recently to Romans 12 for different reasons other than hospitality, and I want to share this with you this morning. And I don't want it to be political in nature, although it's going to be a little bit political. We're not going to have a debate here this morning, but I do want to address something. Recently, a couple of high-profile government officials in the White House used Romans 13 to obey the authorities that God has put in place as a reason for our border policy and our immigration policy in the United States. Now, I want to be cautious with this for obvious reasons. I don't want to necessarily disagree with them. As leaders in the United States, I understand why they would tell us to obey authorities and use scripture to do that. As a believer, though, I want to point out that as a believer, you can't get to Romans 13 in the Bible without reading through Romans 12. And that's where I want to camp out this morning, in Romans 12. And I want to talk about immigration, and I want to talk about border policy, but not as it applies to the United States of America, as it applies to the kingdom of heaven. And I think we need to practice hospitality. Let's look at Romans 12, starting in verse 9, under the heading, Love and Action. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. As we answer this call to practice hospitality, and I want to break this down a little bit, I want us to think about what hospitality is first. Hospitality is very simple, and it says it right here. It means sincere love. That's being hospitable. Hating what is evil. Being devoted to one another in love. Honoring one another, even above ourselves. Being zealous. Keeping our spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. It's joy in hope. It's patient in affliction, prayer, faithfully. It's sharing with the Lord's people who are in need, sharing with people who are in need. That is this idea of hospitality. It's very simple. Where I get hung up just a little bit is this idea of practice, because when I think of practice, I often think of sports. And I think of terms like practice makes perfect. And I think if we're to practice hospitality, that means that we're to be ongoing doing hospitality so that we can become better and better and better at it. While some of that may be true, and coaches may understand this better than a lot of us in this room, and certainly better than me, 
I came up with the different, different de definition of practice. When I looked it up, it says the actual application or use of an idea, belief, or method as opposed to theories about such application or use. It means that practice just means to actually do, to put into action, to get involved with. Some synonyms, use, proceeding, form, habit, I like the word habit, process, system, rule, method, tradition, usefulness, mode, custom, trick, manner, way, usage, habitude. If there's a word I like better than habit, it's habitude. Sounds like attitude, so have a little bit of attitude with your habits. Uh, utility is another word. Some antonyms, I was surprised by the antonyms and I was challenged by the antonyms. You will be as well. Antonyms to practice, neglect, ignorance, refrain, abstention, disorganization. As we look at this border and immigration debate that's going on, we have to be challenged by it. Not just in our thinking as citizens of the United States of America, but in our thinking as kingdom citizens. I want to read for you an article I found this week. National Association of Evangelicals President Leith Anderson, World Relief President Scott Arbiter, Southern Baptist Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission President Russell Moore, National Hispanic Christian Leadership Conference President Samuel Rodriguez, and the Wesleyan Church General Superintendent Emerita Ambassador Joanne Lyon were among the Christian leaders, CEOs, and law enforcement officials to sign the Immigrants and Immigration Strengthen Us statement. The statement appeared as a full-page ad in the New York Times earlier this week, and it reads, Immigrants and Immigration Strengthen These United States as they have since our founding. How we treat immigrants, refugees, and their families reflects our commitment to the values that define us as Americans. In line with these values, we believe the family is the bedrock of society and that we ought to look out for one another. People born elsewhere who believe in the United States as a land of opportunity and hope contribute to our country in ways both quantifiable and immeasurable. They grow our economy, protect our nation, and make up the fabric of our communities. As we celebrate our freedom with neighbors, families, and friends from all over the world, we call on America's leaders once again to encourage citizenship for those who are eligible and want to pledge full allegiance to our country and to allow all of us, American by birth or American by choice, to reach our fullest potential. America can be great only if we are good. America can be great only if we are good. We invite our leaders and our fellow Americans across the country and on all sides of the debate to engage in a constructive conversation that respects the human dignity of all of our neighbors and welcomes peoples of all faiths, no matter where you were born. With this history and these values as our guide, we shall continue to work together as one nation, indivisible and strong, with liberty and justice for all. As I read this, I was really challenged in my thinking of what it means as a believer, what all of this means as a believer. And I was drawn to Matthew 28, 18. We know it. It's the Great Commission. And it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know what it doesn't say? That's what Matthew 28, 18 says. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say, 
Go and make democracies. It clearly states that as believers, we are to go and make disciples. So as believers, we are citizens of heaven first, and building the kingdom should be a priority. And we often get this twisted. We pledge our allegiance to the USA first. We are American Christians. That's a little bit backwards. As believers, we are Christians first. We are followers of Jesus Christ first. And Americans second. This week, we had the opportunity on July 4th to celebrate our freedom as U.S. Americans. And what a celebration it is. It's a great celebration, an opportunity to come together and celebrate our independence. To be thankful for those like we did this morning who've given their lives, who made sacrifices that we can have these freedoms in our country. But the more important freedom that we enjoy as believers is the freedom in Jesus Christ. We are free because Jesus has set us free. Our allegiance, our priorities should be in God first. This is kingdom thinking. And if this is the case, we will always think people first, not politics. Let that sit for just a moment. If we are kingdom thinkers, we will always think people first, not politics. People, not agendas. We should not politicize people, whether they are in this country or out of this country. Whether they believe alongside of us that Jesus Christ is the reason for our freedom or they don't, we should always think people first, Regardless of what's going on at the border of the USA, we need to be concerned what's going on at the border of the kingdom. This is kingdom thinking. And I have an important challenge and question for you this morning. Are we guards or are we greeters at the border of the kingdom of heaven? If we're guarding the border of the kingdom of heaven, there are some things that happen. We separate. I believe we're separating people from opportunity when we guard the border of heaven. As I said, I spent time in Guatemala. There are beautiful people in Guatemala. It's a beautiful culture. And there are a lot of content Guatemalans, people who are happy to be where they are, living the life they're living, not trying to get to our borders, not trying to become a citizen of the United States of America, just happy to be a citizen of America in Guatemala. They're very content. I met another kind of people, the Nicaraguan staff there. If you're familiar with Eastern Karayama, you, you know what's been going on in Nicaragua. There's a lot of political unrest, and a lot of people are fleeing that country to get away from what's going on there. I heard stories from people who fled Nicaragua. I heard stories about the military coming in with tanks and breaking up uh, protests opening up streets that were lined with people in protest of the current government there. And these Nicaraguans, when I asked, why Guatemala? When you flee Nicaragua, why choose Guatemala? And they said, we went where we could serve God. That was their priority. It wasn't to try to get to the United States or use this as an excuse for political asylum. They said, we can serve God right here in Guatemala. Be praying for them. They've been separated from their homes, 
from their life, and they're starting a, a short-term life in Guatemala, serving with Students International. And other Nicaraguans went to other countries like Costa Rica and Dominican Republic. When we guard the borders of the kingdom of heaven, we separate people from the opportunity of entering the kingdom of heaven. We should be greeters. We should be welcoming people in. Another thing we do when we guard the borders of the kingdom of heaven is we separate families. We should be kingdom thinkers in this. This week, I, I very humbly admit to you that I was invited to spend the 4th of July with my family in Clovis. My sisters sent me an invitation. And my initial response was, I don't want to go. I love what the 4th of July represents. I love the meaning of the 4th of July, but the way we celebrate it is far past my comfort zone. The fireworks, the explosives, the drinking, it's way beyond what I think I want to be involved in when it comes to celebrations. Every firework that goes off, every explosion that happens, I just jump and I cringe. Shocks me every time, even if I'm watching it and I'm ready for it. I don't enjoy fireworks as, as much as a lot of people. If you had fun, don't feel guilty for having fun. That's awesome. You got to blow stuff up, and that's your wheelhouse. That's where you're at. Have a great time. But for me, uh, it, was, it was about that. Also, it was about spending time with family. They may listen this morning, and I hope they do. I hope they listen to this podcast. I told them I was preaching. I don't think any of them showed up, but if they did, welcome to Grace Community Church. This is my other family. Aren't they beautiful? But they may be listening on the podcast, so I'll be careful with my words. I did not want to go because I had just gotten back from Guatemala and I was tired and I wanted to sit home in my chair and hold my dog because he would be scared too. That's what I wanted to do. And, and I know I'm not the only one. Other people, Pastor Tim and Vivian, they left the, the valley. They went up to the mountains camping with their dog to get their dog away from the craziness that is the 4th of July. But that's not kingdom thinking, is it? To want to sit home and do nothing I should count it a privilege to be able to spend time with my family, to live gospel in front of them, to live out what God's called me to in front of them and alongside them. And I, I didn't count it a privilege. I was guarding the border of the kingdom of heaven instead of greeting. I should have gone, I did go, but I should have gone with a smile on my face, happy to spend time with them and counting it a privilege to be able to live gospel in front of them if you have family members that need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, when you guard the border of the kingdom of heaven, you're separating them from the opportunity to enter into heaven. We also are separating from love. And it's really easy when we sit in here and we consider this our family, it's really easy to understand that, that we are loved, that we have God's love. And we celebrate that with worship and a time together as the family of God this morning. But I ask you, is there an empty seat next to you? I issue this challenge a lot. I realize that. But if there's an empty seat next to you, then there's someone outside of this building that should be sitting in that seat. Somebody who needs you to live gospel in front of them. Somebody who needs your invitation to come and be a part of the great things that God is doing here at Grace. When we separate we guard the borders of the kingdom of heaven, when we come into this time of worship as a sacred time, a personal time, something just meant for us, between us and God, when we don't invite others to join us in this morning, we separate people from the love of God, the opportunity to have the love of God. 
Are we sharing that? If there's an empty seat, who could you have invited? A neighbor? A family member? Someone from the streets? There's a church in Hollywood, Mosaic Church, and each Sunday they hire guards for a section of their parking lot, and they invite the homeless people to leave their stuff in that section of the parking lot, protected by these hired guards, while those homeless people are able to go in and comfortably and safely worship God. What an incredible blessing that must be. Lives are being transformed because they have a place to worship. They have a place to be welcomed into, greeted at the border of the kingdom of heaven. Yes, maybe Grace Community Church isn't the border of the kingdom of heaven, but it could be the first step toward the border, toward welcoming somebody into this church family and ultimately into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that secures their eternal life in heaven. Are you guarding the border? Are you guarding this time? Are you guarding your family? Or are you inviting people? We have a very diverse church. We should celebrate our diversity. I love Grace. I came here in 1992. I was saved here. I grew up here as a believer. I love this church. We have a lot of diversity. But are we diverse enough? Are we protecting the goods of the homeless people of our community while they have freedom to come in and worship God? What are we doing to open the borders to the kingdom of heaven and to welcome people in? Are we being hospitable? That's what it comes down to. Are we living the life that God in Romans calls us to live? Remember, you can't get to Romans 13 without traveling through Romans 12. And I have three very easy applications for you this morning, things to take with you. And as the missions pastor, they're going to sound a lot like missions. Let's accept that. That's who I am. That's where we're at. The first challenge I want to issue to, to you is to live missionally. Live missionally. As you go, live the gospel in front of people in such a way that they want to join you in your journey. They want to be a part of what's going on. Live missionally. When you come in contact with people, whether it be at the store, in line at the grocery store, or your waiter, or your waitress, or your family members, when you come in contact with people, share with them the gospel message. Share with them the joy that you have in Christ. Live missionally. Let them ask questions about your faith because you have so much joy coming out of a Sunday morning that they want to be a part of what you have just been a part of. Invite people. Live missionally. Invite them to sit next to you at church on Sunday morning. Don't just tell them about Grace Community Church and hope they show up. Say, I will be there at 10.30 a.m. next Sunday, Pastor John is back in Revelations. It's going to be an incredible morning. Please, please come and join me. Don't just show up to Grace Community Church, but come and sit with me. I'll meet you out front. I'll walk you down the aisle. I'll introduce you to my friends. You can become a part of the family of God at Grace Community Church that morning. And if you get anything out of it, you can come back every Sunday for the next 16 years of your life, and God will transform you step by step in that journey, and you will celebrate that transformation with them. Live missionally. The second thing is to support missionaries. Of course I'm going to say that. Support missionaries, right? We have an incredible missions program at this church. 12% is added to our, missions, to our overall budget to provide for our missionaries. 12%. We take the budget, we add 12%. 
We can do the math another time. If you have questions about the next statement, come and see me. I'll explain it to you. It's very tricky. But that means that 10.5% or more, just over 10.5% of our overall budget goes to missions every year. When you give to the ministry of Grace Community Church, you are supporting missionaries around the world. Short-term missionaries, full-term missionaries, all-the-time missionaries. You are supporting missionaries in the field. You are supporting missionaries at home. Support missionaries. You don't have to be limited to your tithe. You can also give gifts to specific missionaries or to specific things. You can give gifts. And let me tell you another challenge. When our budget goes up at this church, our missions budget goes up as well. When you give to Grace Community Church and we're able to raise our budget, that means that the 12% we add goes up as well. And we can add new missionaries all the time. We have a lot of full-term missionaries that we support. Easton Katayama, I'm going to miss some because I didn't write them down, but Easton Katayama, Caroline Coyle, we support um, Dave Canold, we support Isaiah Holt at San Diego State University and Young Life. And there's a fifth one that I am for the life of me because I didn't write it down and I am so sorry, missing. We have opportunities coming up to support Taryn and Micah Wilson. Taryn is a Harvey. She grew up in this church, and they're going to hopefully eventually end up in Nicaragua Students International. We also have an opportunity to support, support the DeVries family coming up. But in order to do that, we have to raise our mission's budget by giving more to the church. Yes, I'm a pastor. And yes, of course, I'm going to support this. But you don't have to take my word for it. You could read this. And this will tell you to give to your church. This will tell you to tithe. This will tell you to help us support missionaries in the field. Don't take my word for it. Take the word of God and apply that to your giving. The last challenge is to go on outreaches. Just got back from Guatemala. A lot of people just got back from the family mission to Mexico. I'm excited to hear about that. The Turners went to Greece this summer. Other people went other places. Go on outreaches. Get involved. Yes, we live in a beautiful country. One of the things that changed me while I was in Guatemala was that they weren't afraid of what was happening in Guatemala. They were more afraid of what was happening here in the United States. And as I heard their fears about what's going on culturally in the United States, it transformed me. It changed me. Go on outreaches. Meet people of the world. Yes, vacations are nice. Resorts are beautiful. Cruise ships are wonderful. Disney World, a great place to be. You're kind of in a bubble. Get outside those places. Get into the culture of the communities in Guatemala, in Mexico, in Greece, and learn about the people of these great countries. Learn about what God's doing other places. I tell my Guatemala team every year, we are not taking Jesus to Guatemala. Jesus is already there. We're joining him in ministering the gospel to the people of Guatemala. Go on outreaches. Understand what it's like to be an outsider, to be an alien, to depend upon other people for your needs, for your comfort, for your strength, to be completely dependent upon God. Go on an outreach. Get out and experience the world, not on vacation, on mission. People gave their life for this country, and we celebrate that. We celebrated it here this morning. We celebrated it on Wednesday. People gave their life 
to defend the freedoms of this country. But people are giving their lives for the cause of Christ every day, and we should celebrate that. We should join in those celebrations. I'm going to pray for us here this morning, and after prayer, there will be people up here, leadership up here, elders, deacons, their wives, the pastoral staff, to pray with you. If you have something that you would like prayer for, or if you'd just like to chat, uh, feel free to come up here and join us. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for an opportunity this morning to open your word. As we look at what it means to practice hospitality, God, we pray that we would go from this place ready to use it, ready to engage, ready to invite people into your kingdom. The borders of your kingdom are open. There's room for more, God, and we are your servants. Help us to, to, take, to take those divine appointments to invite people to join us here next Sunday, that that might be the start of their spiritual journey or the next step in their spiritual journey. Help us to be bold in our faith, to be bold with our hospitality. God, go with us now as we leave this place. Thank you for this family. Thank you for Pastor John and his leadership. I pray your blessings upon everybody in this room. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.